0: Dark ticks, non-jumpiness. Let's go, let's go non-jumpiness. So the idea is that you want to be grounded in what you do. Every movement has a purpose. Everything that you do has a purpose. The way that you talk, again, i this
1: podcast. Um, I am your host, Plutus, and today we got probably my favorite guest yet, because he's in my field. I had guests talk about politics, I had someone who's a digital marketer, I even had someone from the of Jersey shore. But Sam is actually doing what I wanted to be doing, my start of this journey. So I'm super hyped to have him. And uh, Sam, you want to tell about yourself, what you do?
0: Yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. Basically, guys, I'll give you a very brief rundown. I'm kind of like a social dynamics coach. So a lot of people say, like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, well, for starters, I teach people about communication in the art of dating, relationship, as well as higher purpose for themselves, and sort of tips and tricks about conversation skills and sort of body language techniques that people can use in their day-to-day life. To To you know they might want a girlfriend, they might want a, a boyfriend, they might want any sort of uh, relationship, they might might want new friends, social circle, they might want business connections. And I'm basically demonstrating and showing what I've learned over the last nine years of studying this from a, a traumatic breakup, it kind of forced me, and it was a catalyst for me to uh, go and start all this journey about social dynamics and learning communication with humans.
1: For sure. I I think you said, you know, traumatic breakup. I think trauma is really what pushes people because I'm sure you know this. You kind of have to be uncomfortable to get comfortable.
0: Oh, 100 100. percent. It's really funny that 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 a lot of people, you know, I just had someone yesterday on the live and they were talking about their breakup. And and I gave him, you know, some truth about it. I was saying it's going to hurt. It's going to be, you know, it's a traumatic thing, but you're going to be so much stronger as a person after it. But it's it's funny because people, you know, associate sometimes, you know, a lot of the time pain is like, it's, it's such a thing that we live in. It's so, it's so gives us to be so present in the moment. And it just, we don't see the future at all because that's all we're feeling. But in the future, when that does subside and obviously time does make that subside through relativity it's like we become this new evolved person i I think about it as like pokemon where you had the charmander evolving into charizard it's like you've got to go through pain because you know charmander had to go through all the battle trainers all this to become charizard so it's like human we've got to evolve into a new person still keeping our core beliefs but we actually become better as we go on but trauma is or or sort of pain or, or struggle is the biggest evolver for people it's crazy Um, and so I, I kind of teach a lot of people in my, my industry that sometimes, you know, these, these traumatic things that happen they're they're catalysts for our life and they make us so much stronger and so much better. And, uh, for people not to dwell at like the worst thing in the world that happened to them and more think about it and kind of reframe their mind to think this, what, what are the opportunities from this? What can I learn? What can I gain from this? And when I can get people to reframe their mind like that, a lot better. You know they can take an opportunity like that and make it better instead of like you know making it worse and and going down in a downward spiral like a lot of people do unfortunately.
1: I agree. I think it's so easy to get in that spiral. I, what I've experienced, kind of the hardest parts, is you, you were saying that your the pain and suffering kind of give you the motivation to get into this. Yeah. And for me, thing you know, I wanted to make more friends, so I read the book How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> enough, you know. Uh, I wanted to do certain things so that the pain and the frustration of not having what I wanted is what motivated me to do it. What do you say for people that kind of feel stuck because I'm depressed, so I don't have the energy to do anything, because not doing anything it creates the issue. It's like a cycle, a loop.
0: Yeah, for sure. Again, as you said, a great word is cycle because we get in humans. We always love, uh, we're creatures of habit, let's just say, and we always seek comfort. So whatever we do in our daily life, we want to seek a routine and we want to seek comfort. So a lot of the time when we do those things, um, our comfort zone actually gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So I do recommend everyone... To at least once a day or as, as, as much as they can is to seek that discomfort and seek growing their, uh, their comfort zone. Now, a lot of people hear that and they say, oh, okay, like, but I'm thinking about really menial things, right? So we go in our day, we might wake up and we look at our bed and go, oh, I'm coming back to bed. I don't need to make my bed, right? So there's one little thing that we feel, felt a bit of resistance and we didn't push through it. We kind of just like, oh. anyways, so you go in the shower. We always know cold showers are good to wake up in the morning. But it's like, oh, you no, know, it's too cold, you know, and 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 because we didn't make our bed, we've always lost the little resistant challenge we had at the start of the day. So we have a warm shower. We don't have a cold shower. There's another resistance challenge we lost. And then it might be going for a run, might be reading, might be meditating, all these kind of things that we know are very good for us, but we don't get into the momentum of that. We know we seek comfort. So what I always urge people is like, as soon as you feel that little internal resistance of like making your bed or cleaning your room or um you know doing something that's a little bit discomforting not taking the same route to work every day maybe walking to work if you can catching a bus doing something out of the ordinary rather than you know falling into this routine what that's doing is pushing you outside your comfort zone allowing your body to be you know more in that area where it doesn't know what's going to happen and it's exciting and as well as it gets you out of that routine which is good
1: yeah yeah, dude, I, I couldn't have said it better. I think that, that it's really a matter of pushing it. You have to be discomfortable. It's one of those things that you kind of have to accept it. You know, yeah. I, I I was messy for a long time, and like I recently, I, I didn't really read the full book, 12 Rules to Life. I know one of the rules is to make your bed, and I started yep. doing it you know, just to see what would happen, and I keep my room sure. cleaner. And I definitely feel more internally clean when my room's clean. It's not like I want to do it. Like I have one of my roommates, like a friend of mine, is super messy, and I'm always telling him, bro, please, please start cleaning yeah. your <laughs> And, you know, he's just like, oh, I don't feel like it. I'm depressed. And it's like, dude, you're probably depressed because look, you're what you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by pee cups and dirt. Yeah. You know?
0: Fuck. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. I know a lot of people's rooms are like f- scattered full of water bottles everywhere. Good that they're drinking water, but there's like 50 bottles everywhere. And you're like, yeah, you know, a clean environment is like a clean mind, basically.
1: Literally, bro. Like, I get. It. I'm, you know, I don't know what you are, but like, I get the stoner lifestyle. It's like, listen, it's not an excuse. People are like, oh, I'm high, I'll do it later. Like, come on, dude. And I'm a big believer. I think weed's fine, but if you're gonna smoke it, you should, uh, you know, get your stuff done first.
0: Yeah, true, true, true. I'm a, I'm a big believer. Again, whenever any any sort of dabbled in that stuff, it's with an intent in mind. That's how I do it. So if you want to get high, there's an intent, and mine is is to either ponder the universe, ponder questions that I have, and I, I do it with a specific intent. You know, I can understand how people just get you know used to it, just smoking. But I always always came to the belief that I would never get addicted if I had an intent behind every drug I took to expand my mind or to let go. You know, there's got to be an intent behind it. And that way, it's like there's a purpose.
1: And Sam, you know, I, I love that, dude. I think that that's facts. And for anything, you have to have an intent. I, and I, I think that when people don't have an intent, that's just one example. I think it's great. You know, I, for example, let's say, you know, me, and this is not saying I do this. This is, you know, an example. I am smoking yeah. weed when I video edit because it, it makes me create funny things. So my, there's a reason why I'm doing it. I'm doing it to, uh, you know, make the video more interesting. And a lot of writers, musicians, artists in general say they use it to be creative. So that's a use. Versus, yeah, for sure, for I had sure. a stressful, I think that's where people get, people get screwed over with drugs, I mean like weed, which isn't that dangerous inherently, with yeah. smoking because yeah. they had a bad day, because I'm stressed. Yeah. So
0: that's yeah. a cope.
1: and you don't want to sure. do it.
0: No, exactly. Especially when like, you know, meditation gives you the same results. It's only 15 minutes and you're clear headed and you're ready to go. You know, it's actually like, again, I could get the feeling behind it, you know, doing it because it's instant relaxation. But again, you're seeking comfort. You're seeking something else that can give you the comfort instead of the comfort that you can get from meditation, you know, because it is discomforting. So there's, there's little tricks and, 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 and sort of things that the, mind puts on itself to seek that comfort anywhere you go. You know what I mean? So I definitely think, and I remember I used to do a lot of e-commerce, you know, I, I've dabbled in like, so I've been training and teaching since the age of 20, um, 21. And so I'm 20, almost 20, 27 now, 20. And I was like, when I started, I started in e-commerce a little bit. And one of the things they told you is that when you do product research to also get drunk, Because it puts your mind in the state of people when they're buying and stuff like that, so there was an intent behind that. It was super creative, and not not a lot of e-commerce students know that too. So when you do product research, you just get super hammered, and then (laughs) your your mind is captivated by the pictures and stuff like the the consumers. So it's a little kind of thing. Again, again, the intent behind it. And that comes down to communication and conversation skills, definitely. It's like, anytime you're talking with someone, whether it's someone you're interested in, whether it's your crush, whether it's, you know, you want to make new friends, a social circle, you want to be in the top 100 of your city, you've got to have that intent behind it. And a lot of time, it's like, a lot people go into a conversation, into any sort of dynamic with people. And it's like, what's your intent? Now, on the the flip side, again, here's the biggest paradox of life, which is, yes, you have have to have an intent, but you have to be free from the outcome. You can't be attached to an outcome because you become outcome orientated. And that's where a lot of people, you know, they hear that, okay, i have an intent. I want to get to know this person. But then in the flip side, they become so outcome dependent on it. So it's this kind of like this balance between the two. Again, you've got to have an intent. Yes, you can smoke weed to just relax. But also at the same time, you know, it's good to be productive with it and use it to expand your mind. So it is always a balance in life.
1: That's that's one of the biggest changes I've made in the past two or three years is when I'm doing something with a purpose. And before I was just doing it to now, it's, you know, for example, that's a great example. If if I was going to smoke weed, it would be for a reason. Um, A lot of big plans of friends. I'm making plans of friends who you know are also in school or business guys or doing youtube or something that Mm. you know like i i really am enjoying the experience and everything i'm doing now when i read a book it's something i'm going to gain from this book it's a really interesting book about something i'm working towards or in my free time you know i'll i'll play guitar while I'm watching a video like i try to be it changes your life and we start having everything you do is for a reason to get to somewhere
0: yeah, that's that's dope. That's dope. I like that. I'm gonna like incorporate. My buddy tells tells me um when uh, Einstein used to do a lot of re, re you know when he was researching you know his theories, he would uh, do forty minutes of work and then that ten minutes of creativity. You know he'd play the violin because he was a violinist, and he would do that. It was kind of cool thing. So he worked on the fifty minute time frame, not an hour time frame, fifty minute time frame, which was kind of cool. So there's always you know did you find different things when you you start doing things with purpose. You know, it's like so like that. It's so abstract to work off a 50-minute hour.
1: When there's a purpose, you get that real passion for it.
0: That's what people. That's what's so attractive to people. You know, having that, you become one of the biggest things that happens is you become very decisive, because you're yeah. not only looking after your time, and that's so attractive to people. Whether it's you know, that's across genders, that's across you know all sorts of cultures, being decisive and being on your purpose is just the best thing.
1: For sure, man. I've noticed that, like when I'm in this mindset of, like, I am on my path, I have these goals, and I'm not looking for, you know, external motivation, or external uh, validation, rather. Yeah. I'm just like getting more girls. I'm not, listen, like, I'm not here to brag, but it just, it's just playing out the way. I was uh, doing something called like Instacart today. We have, I know you're Australian, America, it's called Instacart. It's, like, Uber for groceries. Yeah. And you go and shop, do batches. And this cashier, pretty, nice, pretty girl, I just happened to get in her line. I go do a few more batches, and I just happened to end up in the same parking lot, the same giant, again. And I got another batch from that same supermarket. So I go in, just purely by coincidence, I go in line. She's a same cashier. And she's been yep. super friendly from college. So I just, like, left her business card. I'm like, yeah, you should just text me. You seem super cool. And, like, 10 minutes later, she texted me. So,
0: yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Like, yeah, definitely. Because, again, you've you've had that clear purpose.
1: How would you explain how that works, that women are attracted to that, like, kind of organic, man is motivated
0: Oh, I, th- I think it, it, you know, if we want to get really, really in depth, it comes to evolutionary psychology. We live in a hierarchical world and there's no two ways about that. We can't really say it is and there isn't because there is, you know, we, we live in hierarchies, right? So when someone is on their purpose, they are decisive, they display characteristics, um, that, uh, kind of emanate to the world that you're a high value person. Right. And this happens with, you know, when girls are on their path too. It, it's the exact same thing. It's literally human beings. So it, breaking it down even further, The reason why being on your purpose or being uh, very decisive or having a goal and a vision in your mind is that a lot of the time you set boundaries, number one. So you have boundaries for your time. You know that um, you've only got a certain number of time, You know, especially with you, with your Instacart. It's kind of like you knew you only got this one chance and then you've got to go back to work and you've got to do everything. So you're like, oh, you have boundaries within yourself to be like, no, you're going to do this because you don't have – that much time you know you've got to capitalize on your opportunities so that's number one so you're very good with your time you have that boundaries also you have boundaries for other people so you're very like this is what i want this is what i like and not a lot of people know what they actually like in the world again last night i even write down again i'm like sam what do you like i ask this question a lot there's a tv show called peaky blinders i don't know if you've ever watched it
1: on my list dude i want to watch it so badly it's really good
0: there's one uh, one episode in season three or season two where the girl uh, Tommy um, Shelby is the main character. He's the main kind of uh, gangster, and the girl asks him, it's "Like Tommy, what do you want?" And uh, at first he's like, "What do you mean? What do you mean?" And she says this this quote like five to six to seven times. "What do you want?" She gets louder and louder and louder, and then by the eighth time he like lets it go. He's like, this is what I want. And that's very attractive to people. It's like you're you're going after what you want. You you won't stop at hurdles or battles. Um, you're you're just gonna you you have this like clear mind, clear intent. And that's what happens because we we live in a world that's very muddled with intent. Like people are like this way, that way, they go to this thing or that thing. But when you're just so clear on it, people are like, okay, that there's it just emanates this vibration to people. So it's more of an energetic level, People are like oh, energy. But you know, it is it is this thing where it's an, on an energetic level, and with success with women, success as a woman to a man, any sort of human dynamics and relationships, it is on an energetic or vibrational uh, term a lot of the time, because it, it's yeah. it's so many things that are that are complex in it, especially with psychology and evolution and you know, or the mating systems and stuff.
1: Yeah, man, it's interesting how psychology and like spirituality stuff kind of coincide. Like, I do agree. I. When someone has that high energy in a room, like you know, that you want to be around that person. There, there's vibe. You know, people say vibe. Vibes are very real. Vibes are very yeah, real. Yeah,
0: hundred percent, hundred percent. Like there is this, you know, different tactic, uh, tactics that you, or well, not tactics, but different things that you can do. A lot of people like, oh, it's manipulation of this, and I'm like, no, it's not. Really, it is just the understanding of human behavior. That is really it. If you read the, if you read the um, laws of human nature by Robert Greene, you'll understand every single thing. Or wow. seduction and, and 48 laws of power. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is the the, the 48 Laws of Power and The Art of Seduction by Robert Green and the only two books are one of the two books that are banned from prisons because they're so powerful. You know, that's a good thing that you, that's the thing you okay. learn. That's crazy. Yeah, two, that those two sense. Yeah, because they are very, very powerful. So when you get to know all these things, you understand, you know, these kind of these vast concepts that might seem very confrontational at the start. But then when you get a bit more deeper, you're like, oh, okay, I understand. Like, I'll give you a, a one that I've really come up with the last couple of weeks. So I come up with these ideas and these research, and I kind of filter them through my brain and through other people's brains that I have here, and I come up with it. So one of the things too, you know, we'll go on an 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 energetic level as well as an evolutionary psychology level is like when you walk into a room as a man, let's just just for, for males, you want to go and you want to surround yourself with the alpha male of that group, no matter where you go.
1: I always do that, dude. I always yeah, so- friend them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, now people are like, okay, well, you know, you befriend the alpha male. Okay, where's the alpha male? Obviously, the guy that everyone is looking to get their validation from. That's number one. He is the leader. He's the person in charge. He's the uh, protagonist, as my, some might say. Um, so, that person is there. Now, when you are associating with that person among everyone else, everyone else sees that and looks and the, the alpha male gives you respect, you are now vibrating in the same status as that person now that's status is not a thing that we have it's a vibration it's energy that's all it is it's a perception in people's minds so you know that little thing you know when you get to know you're like holy crap that's such a simple thing and as you said you've done it i continue to do it and continue to go through this filter until i know crystal clear of what exactly that means but yeah that's energy that's 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 all we that's a great example of it
1: just just add on what you said i know i learned this thing for nightclubs the Mm. way you get the best, you know, hottest girls that I learned is you befriend the coolest guys there and you just have a yeah. good time with the coolest guys. Guess who's going to be lingering around you, you know? So, and so many men make the wrong approach. They go and they go, oh, let me just find the hottest girl and impress her, you know? And that's, yeah. that's not how it works. You can't go in and impress her. I do think it has to be holistic, but you can be smart in realizing, hey, you know, I need to be genuine. I need to just go there and have fun. And I think it's, uh, Jason Capital said this when he goes to nightclub, he sets up a goal that's realistic. So he said, like, you, and I thought it was amazing he said this. It might have been in your video. I, I don't know. I see me video. Sure. video. But yeah. I, the person was talking about how you set a goal. Oh, no. What was this? Uh, you, you know, essentially, when you go in there and you're with the group who has the dominance there, the people are still yeah. attracted to you. But when you go there and you're staying out to uh, be with a girl, that helps two people. You can't control two people. But you can, yeah. Control so I can guarantee, I can say my rule for tonight is I'm going to have a good time. I can Yeah, control- exactly. But I can't say, uh, I'm going to make this girl be with me for tonight.
0: You know? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, that comes down to it. I remember the video. I actually uh, saved it because I like the, the way that he speaks is very good. I, I, I speak highly of Jason Capital yeah, he's crazy. So the, the idea was outcome dependence, you know, when someone uh, makes their night, um, their, their goal, their outcome is like to get laid, you know, that's their success, you know, other, if you don't get that, there's no success in that whole night, you know what I mean? But the only thing that you can really control is you. There's so many factors that control that environment, you know? So I think he said in the, in the video is like, I'm going to be, I'm going to say exactly what I think. That's his outcome for that. Uh, his criteria for success. That's what he used. Yeah. So that, that was, it's, Becoming your authentic self. And that's what a lot of the time I'm teaching is authenticity. See, a lot of the time you you see these people um, and they say, just be yourself. Just be yourself to be your authentic self. Just be yourself. And it's like, I, I tell people, I'm like, you don't know how powerful that word is because it's so easily manipulated. And so I always teach people, I'm like, you've got to find your authentic self to be your authentic self. And a lot of time when someone says be, just be you, no one knows who they are. Yeah, no one actually knows there are caricatures and I know this because I was a caricature for multiple people so I didn't know who the fuck I was so it comes down to like what do I actually like what do I want what do I want in this world what am I life my life to stand for and that's what I'm always uh, bombarding into my students is like what do you like you no one else no trends no, no outside influences you and it's usually something that is not trending it's usually something that they just feel they want to do you know which yeah, is kind of cool to see man, that
1: it's it's hard to extend extent it be the whole thing of being your authentic self people are confused and i've been there where it's like what you know like you said you know people are had this caricature and it's like you know it, what if being your authentic self is annoying so how do you adapt to that you know what for you sure mean? i think
0: i think uh your authentic self should be your hero kind of thing should be the person that you want to be you know what i mean so i don't think it would be annoying if you're trying to say it again
1: I love that be the, the person you want to
0: be. I love. Yeah, that. for sure. I think I think it's like um a lot of the time what happens is that um you know in life you know being being fully real it's like you know you you be yourself or uh, your authentic self and uh, you will find confrontation with other people because it's like you are outside of the social norm. The social norm and social normities is that you conform to the world and then we put you in this box and you don't step outside that you know and anyone that does we're going to beat down. You're, we're going to take that spark away from you. And that's what a lot of people is. You had this spark as a kid, this childlike essence, and you were just fun, and nothing really mattered. But then when you're in your twenties, you've lost it. And you're just kind of walking around in this dirt state, just unconscious about life. So again, trying to rewire that and get you to be that authentic self. It's like the reason why you usually hate yourself is because yourself is actually not you. It's a, a conditioning that you've done that you've had done to you.
1: Dude, this fact. I, my first three years in college I was chasing these frat parties. I just did not hit it all with these people, man. I would just stand there awkwardly and, like, I listen, I knew how to push myself and have conversations, but it just was not working and eventually yeah. I, just, I I really fucking hated this. I did not enjoy frat parties. Uh, you know, you, I'm sure you know what they're like, you know. It's yeah, not as much yeah. embarrassing and it's just like, dude, like, I'm not, you know, oh, I got lucky for a night. Great. This is some girl who's gonna, you know, hit 20 other guys in the next two weeks. Like, I... <laughs> You know, what I mean, like it's just like it got to the point where I realized why am I? Like I pushed myself and I would do it. I got to the point where I had huge anxiety. I was mm. really uncomfortable starting conversations or talking yeah. to a pretty girls. you know? I'd suck it up and I'd do it anyway. And I got to the point where I said, you know, it's cool. That I can suck it up now. I can get through it. But I need to start doing what I enjoy, which is smaller gatherings where I can actually socialize. It's not you know, crazy music and people twerking as the socialization
0: yeah yeah it's true you always uh find again the, the biggest thing is that i'll i'll look at that i'll look at myself and it's good it's like where does the, where is the body trying to find comfort where is it seeking comfort it's smaller gatherings because you can talk and be and you can communicate now i'm always pushing myself into uncomfortable situations last night I'll give you an example Usually my normal nightclubs, I go, I know everybody. I know the right people. Again, we go to a nightclub. I don't know a single thing. I can't get free entry. I can't, I don't know anyone. I don't have any people getting bottle servers or anything like that because I developed my whole social circle around these couple of clubs. But I went to it because it's like an 18 and 19 year old techno club. 45 bucks entry just to get in you know i don't like any of the people in there but i still push myself to go into those situations again it's so important to do this and i'm sure you do it in 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 a lot of scenarios so again you know what you like you know what works for you a lot of the time too in a smaller gatherings because you can talk and you like to talk again it might not be seeking comfort it might be because you actually really enjoy that and it's better to enjoy the things you are but i'm continuously pushing myself to the worst uncomfortable positions because i'm like you just grow
1: you get better at the smaller version when you do the harder like i'm better at the small gathering stuff because i force myself to do the same yeah. thing at a frat where no one's really interested in having a life talk about some deep philosophical topic at a frat basement you know but for sure. I, I i made it work so <laughs> what are
0: some of the things that you you push yourself in your daily life or your weekly goals especially this podcast that's pushing you for sure
1: yeah. so You know, I started out, my background, I started out as a finance major. I was set, day one of college, I'm going to be the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to be Jordan (laughs) Delphiard. Yeah. And I started out with that, and I'm like, this is kind of boring, like all these numbers and trading. And then I had an internship at a stock trading firm, and it was, like, really boring. I hated it. I couldn't get into it. So now I went to (laughs) an internship at a a digital marketing firm. One of my closest friends, Sean Boyle, he actually has his own podcast, he's been on my show. Um, And Sean really opened my heart and my mind to uh, the world of digital marketing. And once I entered digital marketing, that my world to how to advertise myself.
0: Yes. So, you know,
1: I'm not famous. I have 10,000 followers on TikTok, which I feel is a good start. Yeah, um, sure. and, kinda, and the more I was learning this stuff, reading these books, I, I'm also a good speaker. So I'm like, dude, I would love to take this information in and then share it with other people. Because I know yeah. I, I can be captivating. I am the person in the room who knows how to get everyone's attention. It's a skill I've gained and took a lot of practice. So I learned mm-hmm. to be captivating. I kind of use my, my background in digital in marketing, which is SEO. So I ended up. Search engine optimizations, tongue twister, um, and other stuff like that to uh, kind of enter this field, and uh, now I'm just working on growing.
0: That's good. That's fucking fantastic, man. It's crazy how you 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 go through peaks and troughs, and you go through different interests, but you do so, kind of stay in the same sort of niche, which is the digital world, which is cool. You know, how did you I like start?
1: that. Can you talked a little bit about it, but what really pushed you? You said the break up, and how did you go from you went from the break up to you learning this information? Then what made you start being someone that teaches others this information?
0: Sure. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background. Take a little bit of time, but I will. Um. Again, so so during my, I, I started playing golf at the age of two. So I was wanting to become a professional golfer. I played to the age of twenty. You know, constantly playing tournaments, constantly you know representing you know my state. You know, going to the Australian tournaments and and going worldwide. Right, and then being uh, in college, the college system. But so that's all I wanted to do. But a lot of the time you're, you're by yourself or you're talking to 60 and 70 year olds. So I could talk to Gladys, you know, my, my freaking, you know, she works at the retirement village. She was cool to talk to. But anyone anyway, my age, I was like, oh, I fucking don't know what to talk about, you know? So I was like, oh, it's really, really awkward. And I always wanted just if they could be one-on-one, I'm good on one-on-one, but group settings, nah, I'm a shy, insecure. I just reclude inside, you know? And a lot of people can feel that. And and then the other thing that i found was, you know, with the bullying at high school and everything that came from it being short, pretty short kid. So I was like, I, I understood. And, you know, you know, I kind of look back on it and be like, Oh, it was kind of a blessing, but we'll go into that a little bit later. Um, so I, I, I found that, The only people that were in my life chose to be in my life. I could never attract anyone in my life. So even this girlfriend that that chose to be in my life, it was like it was great. And then we got – we broken up, which is the anniversary coming up uh, probably nine years ago, eight years ago, which was uh, Christmas Eve. So every Christmas, you know, it was probably –
1: You hear that because that means you move forward, right?
0: yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The advert, I talk about, I celebrate, you know, that's kind of industry. So what happened was, you know, that we broke up and I, I went into a, a deep depression and then I started becoming addicted to, um, sleeping tablets. So I couldn't sleep obviously after a breakup, uh, it, it went and, and, and further and further and further until there was one day where I, you know, I got it from five different chemists. I want I was going to kill myself out of a bottle of water and I was literally, I had put them all out and I was going to end it. And that was, you know, pretty traumatic. And I was like, you know what I was like, I'll take him. I'll go to bed and Mum will find me. And, uh, I didn't, I was thinking so irrationally, like that's looking back at it. That's horrendous, you know, but I was like, Oh, that'll be fine. You know, again, you're not thinking clearly. You're not, you're, you're you're in a different world. You're in a different space. And I was like, you know what? I'll go on to YouTube. The only thing that gave me a little bit of joy was YouTube. And and when I found YouTube, I, I don't know what I was searching. I was just fucking around with it, just wasting some time. And then I found this video with now my mentor. And he was talking about just, uh, fitness as well as, um, you know, how to talk to girls and something happened in that. And then, you know, I spent the next night, watching it the next day watching it i didn't sleep that night i threw all the pills in the bin the water and the you know i put it away and i was i watched every video this company had this is called rsd real social dynamics and they just taught guys how to be more authentic and more confident. and, and especially they did that they kind of did it like a montessori school would do you know a montessori school finds something they're passionate about and teaches you all these other things and that's what they did they found that you know how to get uh, confident with girls you brought all this spirituality, all this building yourself up as a person. So it was like oh, okay. So I literally devoted myself for the next twelve months every day to every, anything they said. I then flew out, became assistant for my mentor. And then from there I got um I actually this is probably a story you don't know. <laughs> I, I, I ended up working for the company, you know, twelve months in oh, the the fastest oh,
1: boy, I'm person. A I'm a huge fan. They're oh they're great
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so for the next two years, I was Australia's biggest, uh, dating coach. So I was traveling the world, traveled to 31 cities teaching with all these people. And, you know, I taught, you know, millions of men worldwide and and women too about, you know, just becoming the best version of themselves. And then from there I got a girlfriend, I experienced all that, you know, the whole relationship and it was a great relationship. And then from there, what happened was I, I, I went into e-commerce and then I was like, you know what, I'm I'm loving e-commerce, but there's something missing. So I did a 3-day Vipassana. If you know that, it's basically you don't talk, you don't look at your phone, you don't you don't do anything, right? Yeah. So when you don't do anything, um, the biggest thing that I found was I was just with my thoughts. And from there, I had this I had this one thought, and it was more about Apple, the the, the you know, the brand. And I was like they they're a trillion dollar company because they give a trillion dollar worth of value. We're talking right now, I have an Apple computer, Apple mouse, Apple everything, you know? And I'm like, yeah. they give. That. And I was like, the reason why I'm not getting value in my life is because I'm not giving value. I'm not giving free value. I'm not giving myself to anyone else or the knowledge. You know, like the the most retarded things. Like I've had multiple dinners with Ty Lopez. You know, having a little food fight with him. Things that you wouldn't know. I've had, you know, the biggest st- people in the world. I almost, I almost like I had a full-on conversation with Seth MacFarlane after running him over and almost running him over in a parking lot, understanding his creative process because I knew a lot about him, or being at at multiple venues with some of the biggest people in the world, you know, in self-development, and I'm like, you know, hanging out with Tony Robbins' personal trainer and understanding Tony Robbins, like all these kind of things, and I and I had all this stuff, not to brag or anything, but. Why wasn't I giving this back to people? Why was I uh, keeping it for myself and being selfish? So I was like, you know what? I'd been on TikTok for a long time. I was like, fuck, I'm going to start putting videos out, putting YouTube videos out and start giving back to the world. And it, it has just exploded. People just love it. And I'm so thankful for everyone. And especially because it's it's in a generation where, um, again, it's just this new generation. It, it's like they're going to be with me for the next five to six years because they're growing up and there's no information like this or there's no people because of the pc culture being able to express it in such a way that's a little bit controversial yet still in the guidelines of everything and that's really hard to do as you're, yeah. you're probably aware
1: yeah man it's uh, a lot of stuff you know it's considered it's hateful to say this stuff like hey you know th- basically to shame shameful things is now shameful you can't yeah. shame things. and unfortunately to be developed man you have to shame things that's how we develop um, yeah. yeah. Sure. By, by the way, I haven't even started, I have a whiteboard behind me, I wrote down questions to ask you, I haven't even got to them yet, because okay, I know the so well. Um, yeah,
0: yeah I a Plenty um, of time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's why, you know, your your channel is kind of skyrocketing now, and I'm hoping I start building, I think that, and the reason why I started this podcast is, there's, you know, there's Jason Capitals, Gary, these, all these guys. But there's no one doing it in a podcast format. Like, you know, this podcast should do business, but there's no one commentating on these ideas and yeah. being really about it. I'm going to be that guy who will say, I had a video talking about shaming. I was like, guess what? Fat shaming's good. And it's, you know, it's kind of clicky, clickbait tagline, but I nice explained I go, listen, like, you know, you should shame things that are bad. It's okay to shame fat shaming, for example. And now you shouldn't be mean to a person. That's not saying you should go to a fat person and be mean to them. Hell no. I do not come to doing that. Don't bully anybody. But as a, yeah. as a society, yeah. we can look at, you know, traits that are bad and it's okay to acknowledge that negative things are negative as a society. And that's kind of, I I I mean,
0: again, to be decisive as as a person, it is going to be controversial no matter what you do, you know, because there's, again, my understanding is that there is so many people in the world now that you're never going to, be everyone's cup of tea, as we say in Australia, never going to be everyone's thing. And, and to be polarizing is good because you're going to have a market that absolutely loves you. And I I remember there was an article written in the Google or something like that. It wasn't by an author or anything, but it was like, you're a thousand core fans, right? And they talk about that. You can become successful if you have a thousand core fans, you can type it up on Google and a thousand core fans. And, um, that that's the understanding. And in that they, they, I think they talk about being a little bit polarizing so you can have people that love you. Um, but again, you're going to have people that hate you because they just don't resonate. And a lot of the time it's like, again, this is, I'll give you a reason why this happens. And for anyone listening to it's because, um, we go through experiences in life, right? where you have different experiences that I have, other people have different experiences and they interpretate it through different things. They have big belief systems. So I'll give you an example. Someone has a crime scene and they can be 13 different stories and there was only 13 people present at that thing. And you're like, "Wow!" so the idea is called cognitive bias, right? So we have a belief system, whether it's done by our parents or the school or anything like that. And what it does is that it filters what we see. It filters what we hear it filters what we feel through this belief does it align with the belief that I had so a belief is like I'm confident or I'm not confident if you're not confident you're gonna go into every experiencing finding and kind of identifying through a thing in your brain called reticular activation system which is basically the um, you know the focus your focus on what you want you're gonna look in every situation be like oh I wasn't confident there I'm not confident there I'm not confident there so it's just reiterating to yourself and you're actually blocking out different things a great example is if i told you it's national blue car day today and you're like oh, okay is it and you fully believe me national blue car Day, and you're like okay and you went out and you saw every you're like fuck yeah there was blue cars everywhere that's all you're looking for that's all your yeah, brain yeah. it's like don't think of a pink elephant ever you instantly think of a pink elephant if there's national blue car day you're looking at all the blue cars and i said oh by the way i'm sorry i got it wrong it was actually national yellow car day and you're like <laughs> well i saw no i saw no yellow cars it was all blue sorry. no you're wrong uh, you're wrong it, and you would fight me. You'd be like, "No, it was National Blue Tile. You're wrong." And I'm like, "If I even if I knew, your brain will only see the blue completely because there's so many things, so many bits of information. So when you go and you say different things, and you are polarizing and say different things, it's like half the population see things differently than you. And there's so many people see things so differently. So again, you can't be everyone's cup of tea, unfortunately, at any, anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, it's unfortunate while also fortunate. Like you said, I, I think that the people I've gained is because I'm polarizing. And I have a lot of friends now who, have, you know, I got to a point where I, I am done trying to please people. I'm, I'm done because essentially, if you're changing what you say to please people, you're just a liar. And being a liar is not good. So no, I got a point exactly. where I, I said I posted on my Snapchat. Straight. I'm like, listen, guys, I you may have noticed lately I've been more polarizing and posting kind of, kind of edgy. And if you don't like it, unladen me, delete, delete me. But... I'm done being fake to please people. It's not worth it. And if you mm-hmm. know my heart, know my intentions. You know, even if you may disagree on a topic, let's say, you know, politics. I'm, I'm a Trump supporter, and my sure. good friends who do like Trump will say, we recognize um, where your, your intent is, and we know that it's not coming from any hateful place. Yeah, but then there's yeah. different people who are like, you, you like Trump? Oh, you must be a Nazi. No, I'm Jewish. You know, and it's like, okay. yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Well, it's great. to it's, it's an understanding to, you know, even comedians are getting attacked, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, being about dark jokes or edgy jokes. And it's like, you know, not the ones that have had any sort of assault cases, but the ones about their comedy, in particular their content. It's like, man, it, you know, comedians are, are only there to have fun, you know, they're never ill intent a no, lot of the time. Bro. Yeah, it's like crazy, but that's that's with life, you know, and that's what you have to take. You have to take the good with the bad. It's and it's also a thing that I like to call the rubber band theory. So, with each way that the the culture shifts, it's only going to be there for a certain amount of time, and then it falls back and it swings back. And the the only thing that's hundred percent in life, you know, they say you're born, you raise taxes, and you die. Well, they're forgetting the number one thing, which is change. Change always happens in your life, and no one says that. So there's four things that happen in life that are certain, you know. I
1: like that. Um, I, I want to transition to the one video you posted and to talk with us yeah. a bit. Yeah. I got like three things to go over and then we'll, uh, sorry, I have 37 minutes. And I just try to end it. But uh, I, I just enjoy talking to you so much. Yeah, Dave. it's yeah. good. It's
0: good, bro. No, it's um, easy.
1: It's me a video about being authentic, dark ticks, non-reactiveness, jumpiness. Yeah, Can for you sure. Yeah. jumpiness is what dark ticks are and how to be authentic with that stuff?
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So um, one of the biggest things that we didn't do when I was, you know, teaching a lot of guys, I would say, don't drink Red Bull. And i were like, huh? What? Drinking Red Bull is great. You know, don't drink coffee, you know, and all these things. And I'm like, oh, they're like, why? And I was like, well, you, you've got an anatomic nervous system that's going through your body, right? And when you start to put stimulus in it, you become a little bit more jumpy, you start to become a bit more hesitant and a bit more scattered in the brain because you've got all these chemicals going on in your body. So dark ticks non-jumpiness let's go let's go non-jumpiness so the idea is that you want to be grounded in what you do every movement has a purpose everything that you do has a purpose the way that you talk again i started this conversation talking too fast right things within the conversation that i can even tell you that i started to slow my speech down And it happens i see that TikToks blow up when i start fast and i slow down because it grabs people attention but they slow down you become more grounded in yourself so the idea is to become in the present, in the now. Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now is a great book that talks about being in the present, being in the now. So what it does, when you become more congruent and more in the moment, you are less jumpy in your body. You're less like reactive to people. You're more proactive. So let's take an example. Someone, there's a hundred people going, uh, there's a hundred people walking on the sidewalk. A car goes around and beeps their horn, right? There's going to be 80 people that, oh, jump, you know, like that, they're shocked, right? There's going to be 10 people that, you know, are distracted by something and then, you know, look right back, then there's going to be 10 people that don't even freaking recognize the car and just keep walking. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, again, if the car was plummeting through the people, obviously you'd want to react, but there's some people that are more just, they're on their purpose on their grind. And when you're not, you're more reactive to the world and very active to the environment dramas come up and they're more oh yeah like this happened this happened this happened celebrity this 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 instead of worrying about themselves a lot of the time so that's what it means by being a little bit less non-jumpy the other thing that you want to do is um there's all sub communication so there's communication uh is breaking down into uh 93 of uh, a non-verbal communication which is your body language, your speech tonality, your all sorts, your presence as a person, your vibration, and then 7% of uh, language or communication is verbal communication, what you actually say. But it's really important that the 7% is very good because the 93% is like, is contrasting with it, It kind of adds onto it. So I'll give you an example of another non reactiveness or non jumpiness. It's kind of like when you are, you can have bad body language, right? And still be talking. And as long as you're confident inside, it does not give, it does not matter what the fuck your body language is. But when your body language is not good and you're nervous inside, that accentuates the nervousness. So that's an understanding that you get kind of about the two things. And, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, a lot of the time non-jumpiness is kind of, you feel like someone is reacting more to the other person than they are to them. And a lot of times you'll hear like the term alpha or beta, you know, where the beta male is reacting more to the alpha male, trying to seek the validation. Hey,
1: Ah, uh, Jesse Lee Pierce and he goes, beta male, beta yeah. male.
0: Wait <laughs> um so you can kind of get the understanding and what if anyone doesn't know that an alpha male is kind of it's through evolutionary psychology you can look that up through a book called the evolution desire by david m buss is a good understanding or um there's another book called sapiens by Yuval or something i can't remember the last name how he pronounced but it's a good understanding about the two different people um one's high status one's lower status that's a good understanding the next thing is dark ticks. now dark tics are inherently uh, subconscious beliefs that you know say this is getting to more, more, I'll, I'll try preface it and, and try to say it in the correct way. When someone thinks of themselves as a certain value and they go up to someone that I think is higher value, there will be displays of, of unconscious body language that indicate to the other person that I'm not on the same status as you. One, a great one is excessive blinking that no one catches. You start to blink twice as fast when talking to someone that's an indicator and uh, i will say girls are a thousand percent better at picking this up than boys a yeah, thousand yeah. you girls are just the girls are so good at it and i'm yeah. like wow how did I you pick it- that up like it- they blow my mind we're in the body language i ask girls i ask like what is that you know because i'm like boys we're we're pretty good don't get me wrong we're pretty good girls are just in another level so well, an excessive
1: there is kids they have to recognize facial expressions better
0: Yes, facial expressions. A lot of times it comes down to the expressiveness, the dullness in the eyes. You can see different sort of eye patterns when someone is squinting versus someone has this dull look, blank look in front of them, whether you're not looking at someone's eyes, whether you're not smiling, whether you're not doing all these kind of things. They all indicate to someone and that they're dark ticks. Another one could be little flinches here and there. Another one could be that you're, yeah, something like that. It, just weird, real things because they're, it's a belief that everything's filtering through. And yep. if you're, you're, your body is, is kind of in that fight or flight mode a lot of the time. And this might not be when you're attracted to someone. This might be just high value people. Right. You talk, you talk to a celebrity and your voice starts to waver a little bit, you know, hi, uh, you know, can I get a photo or something like that? It's just all these unconscious things that we usually can't control that happen. So again, this is why I prefer preface to everyone. It's like meditation is the key to this, to becoming grounded. Nothing wavers when you are still, you actually are still because everything wavers when you're chaotic. You have these ups and downs, you're everything and you're not finding your middle ground. So that's what I always say. And and yeah. again, you know, the, all these things, as you said, you you have you've, you've seen them in the field, you've seen them in in other people all of the time, and it's a, it's an unconscious thing that happens.
1: Absolutely, I know. Even uh, just to add to what you said, real quick, the one: if you're people that are kind of close, awkward or turn off with the subliminal text, uh, dark text, is your eyebrows will say stationary when you talk, but someone's expressive, you know, eyebrows are moving, and that's yeah. almost like i I'm am I'm a I'm dead inside vibe, you know, I died a yeah. long time ago. So you don't want to do. <laughs>
0: That's true, yeah, there's like a blank stare, you know what I mean, yeah.
1: Two more things I want to do just before we end this. Yeah, um, for sure. So, on this topic, all of the conversation stuff, can you mm-hmm. explain how you dominate a conversation in a good way? You know, why it's a good thing, how you do it, and I yeah, guess that sure. kind of from frame control, which is something I'm a big fan. I think frame control is everything.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the thing that I always work on, because, again, um, it's one of my habits that I don't do as well. So I always reiterate to myself about this and I'm always trying to improve on it. And again, let's just say it's like I'm OK to say my weaknesses are this and this, but I'm always working on them. You know what I mean? I'm never not putting them aside and just double down on my strength. So a good indication of this would be um, the first thing that you said was again, you said uh, what was the question again? The first first part of it.
1: Dominate,
0: Dominating conversation, yeah, absolutely. So again, whenever you go into an interaction with someone, I'm always going into the interaction assuming the burden of the conversation. So that's the idea. Assume the burden of the conversation. You do this because, number one, you're taking the pressure off them. The investment in them is less that they have to do, which makes them more entitled to do it. It's like, if I ask you questions, right? The investment that you have to do is give me all this information you have to invest. And if you don't think that I have value or there's no comfort between us, you don't want to invest. It's like kind of, you don't see that why w- it's worth your time. It's kind of like talking to someone that doesn't care about you versus someone that does care about you. It's like a completely different thing. So again, I go into a conversation with someone that I might be attracted to a business partner, or anything like that, assuming 90%, I'm talking 10% them talking. Until they start to ask me questions, which is called the social hook point. When they start to ask me questions, it goes to more 60-50 or 60-40 or 50-50. You know what I mean? They're asking questions. I'm asking questions. It's going back and forth. I do this because, um, you know, I'm just waiting for that that reinvestment. You know, it's always an investment. So that's a uh, good pr- uh, understanding about dominating the conversation or just controlling the conversation. Let's just say that because a lot of the time, um, you know, we get, you know, there's so many different ways that we can say but when – it's very attractive for a female when they're led by a male, you know, right. whether and that's conversation. Not,
1: yeah.
0: Hey, continue.
1: I just mean, it's not, it's not, I want to clarify when we're talking about dominance, what we're discuss, discussing is not a bad thing. It's dominance. This is something number of women like it. It's effective. I just want to clarify. Some people sure. Yeah. It's- you know,
0: I wouldn't say dominance is in the way it's like, you know, where we say dominance, you think of like all these kind of things, these power trips over people. And I'm not talking about that at all. What I'm saying is that, you know, the idea about you know, being the leader, let's just say that, you know, let's just say you are the person that's making the decision, the protagonist, you're, you're organizing everyone, you're organizing the events, you're leading the conversation. You're saying, Hey, let's go here. Let's go there. Come on, let's go. You know, you are the person that's proactive rather than reacting to the situation instead of being like, Oh, we're going here. Oh my God, where are we going? Oh, it's so it's too much. You're more the person that is organizing all this, that is going and doing all these things. So that's what I mean by dominating. It's just very attractive. That's all. It's very attractive to either person. As a a guy, sometimes you know, when the girl does take the reins, it is attractive, you know. Yeah, um, some people don't like it, some people do. It's kind of like it's interesting, but again, there's always that balance between, again, with, with any, any power, any couple, it's always this power dominance, you know, who wants to get the upper hand, and that's human beings to a T. You know, I'm not saying one sex has more uh power than the other or anything like that because that's when you have to get into something that takes 30 40 minutes to explain and and, and understand, you know, about different things. So, I'm not even saying that at all, um, but. Yeah, the dominance of the conversation just means you have control over it. You are the person that's talking more, you're the person that it's kind of like an understanding like this. A public speaker and an audience, who is dominating the conversation? The public speaker. The audience isn't talking at all. Even when the questions are being asked in Q and A, it's like he's still dominating. There, he's there's ninety five percent of the talking is done by that person. So think about dominance as the person that's talking more. Let's just say, but then on the on the on the contrary, it's like you can still dominate the conversation with letting the other person talk and investing in the conversation. So it's this balance between the two you don't have to talk you know in, in i think it's the f- rule four or five it's like the person that speaks in the 48 laws of power the sp- person that speaks less has more power or something like that you know so there's these contrary beliefs but again my, my belief is that you know you're dominating is basically um you just controlling the conversation with talking more and being right. more of the present that leads it
1: some of you agree with this i think ironically a lot of times dominating the conversation you should be inquisiting asking about the other person so me dominating the conversation can be. You know, like, no one likes when you come over to them and just start, you know, yapping off about your day and your stuff. They mm.
0: people
1: like, oh, so what do you do? Oh, you're you are a biology major. That's really cool. So what do you we think of going into? You know, I think that dominating the conversation, ironically, can be trying to pull information about them and making the conversation about the other person.
0: Yeah, true. The energy. It's its just energy basically it comes down to, you know, you, are you engaged? Are you actually engaging the other person? Are you making sure you're both present? Are you actually present in the conversation? Or are you thinking about other things? You know, there, there's so many dynamics to that, that that would be a whole podcast in itself about yeah. the dynamics of a conversation, you know? So yeah, there's so many things. We'll have to do another one, like where, where we break down it, because it's like, in that sort of thing, there is so many complexities and so many nuances that that the nuances can be understood by everybody when they're broken down very clearly, you know? So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Sam, I, I would love to do this again with you. I think yeah, I, seriously, sure, just from sure. this conversation, I, I can probably talk to you for 20 hours and, for yeah, you know, sure, yeah. what I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's just, a, it's just such a topic that is so interesting to people
1: it, it and is. that's why I
0: like it's to cool. think.
1: Yeah. Let's plan the next, next podcast. We will. Yeah. yeah
0: information yeah i'll be down totally bro thank you for that i appreciate it today
1: thank you for coming on you want to say again where where can people find you where do you want them to reach out to you absolutely
0: you can find me it's called sam matheson too so matheson spelled m-a-t-h-e-s-o-n on tiktok instagram twitter everything like that yeah so go find me on all those platforms
1: well and if you guys are watching the video i'll i guess i'll put the uh, screenshot of his uh, instagram page and tiktok up and i'll put the link below as well uh please like and subscribe for me and uh and Sam, thank yeah, you so much for on, man.
0: It's a pleasure. No, thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. It's been good. What's up,
1: guys? Thank you so much for watching. Uh, if you felt you gained any value from this, I don't run ads, I don't charge fees. All I ask, more importantly than the likes, more importantly than subscribing, which I would love to and I appreciate for every single one of you, is share with one friend. For every time you hear a podcast and you gain value, share with one person, and that allows me to grow in a way that I can put out more more content and more valuable stuff for you guys while we all put our goals first thank you so much